The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Held. We are the perfect blend of Saints sincerity and stupidity. I want to point out that you asked Kevin a football question just now, and I feel like I was in Bizarro World where he, he knew the schedule. He had knowledge of the next two opponents. Kevin, he, did you watch the game? And now here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, everybody, welcome to a Sunday and night. Night edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. We're live streaming as always. Dave is here, Andrew is here, and I want to start the show off on a serious note. As many of you know on Twitter, Kevin's dad has the COVID 19 or coronavirus or whatever, and he is in pretty rough shape. But we are praying for him. He's going to pull through. Kevin, we're thinking about you. Uh, so there's that. But apparently, Dave, in lighter news, Sean Payton is apparently going a little stir-crazy. He's opening up the playbook, draw, diagramming his favorite Saints plays. So I tweeted at him if he wants to break down film, he could join us on the, quarant- the, the Saints Watch quarantine party Saturday night when we do Saints-Giants from 2015, and he could go over all seven of Drew's touchdowns, and we won't even make that much fun of the defense. I'm not promising that I'm not making fun of the defense. The the defense was atrocious in that game. Yeah, speak for yourself, Ralph. (laughs) Well, we could once we get him on, we just have to say whatever's necessary to get him on. We tell a little lies, and once he, don't you think? Don't you think as soon as he starts visualizing footage of himself screaming at Rob Ryan, it's all going to come back, and he's going to (laughs) encourage us to flame on the defense. I think he would, man. That game was that game was bonkers, and the Saints' defense, like, 
when it wasn't being horrific and making good play, making horrible plays, it was making terrible plays and plays when they would get off the field, they would have like they had like personal fouls and shit to stay on the field, and then Eli would throw to Beckham. I think he, I think Beckham had like four touchdowns on the same play against Delvin Bro. <laughs> But I'm just saying, John, if you listen or somebody in the Saints, they're listening while they're working remotely. We have fun on the on the quarantine watch party. It's very entertaining. People seem to like it. Um, so, interesting bit of Saints news, Andrew, this week in that Mickey Loomis went on Peter King and was like, I don't think we should do the draft in April. We need to move that thing back. And then like a, two days later, Goodell came out and was like, not only are we having the draft when it's scheduled, but any NFL executives, y'all need to stop saying that we need to move that shit back. Button it up. We're having it then. Shut your mouth. Um, So I thought that was interesting for a whole range of things. Um, But what did you take from Mickey Loomis saying, hey, we really need to postpone the draft because we can't do our normal scouting procedures? What did did you take? Not that it will be moved because obviously Goodell doesn't care, but sort of as it, as it um, involves the Saints, do you think it will affect how they draft this year? Well, you know, the Saints, I mean, Mickey Loomis basically commented that, yeah, he, he wanted to, if you listen to his podcast with Peter King, he basically said, yeah, we're, our process is affected. I definitely would like to see the draft move back. And if it isn't, uh, that's a significant problem for us, the way we do things and our ability to do it properly. And you know, Sean Payton mentioned something later that was like, yeah, we're, we hope to get it moved. I think there's a chance it might. Uh, and then very quickly, memo goes out. Roger Goodell publicly states it's not being moved. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting because the Saints have had less draft picks uh, than other teams for a while now, for at least a couple of years in a row. And it certainly is the case again this year. So on the surface, you would say less picks than everyone else. You know, other teams are at an advantage against you. Uh, but it's clear that based on their success the last several years and um, their belief in what they're doing, that the Saints think they have a leg up on everyone else. They think that their process is better and they have a significant advantage going it into is. the draft. Um, I mean, yeah, I think the so results too. say yeah. it. At least the results confirm the, what the they believe. Support it. Yep. Um, and so that advantage is now gone. I mean, that's basically what Mickey Loomis is admitting and saying. And on top of that, um, they have less picks than everyone else. So I, I do think coming out of the other side of this, you're going to have a roster, at least in terms of what the draft gives you, that's it's just not going to be as fruitful for you as other teams. Dave, do you think the lack of not so much the personal visits of, of getting a, an idea of the personality of the players and all that, but the Saints do that I don't want to call it weird, but it's extensive sort of testing of how players learn and that sort of thing. And they did it. They did a ton of it with Marcus Davenport, and they they decided, look, he's really raw, but we feel like he retains knowledge in the way we want him to, and that made them go all in and move up to get him. Do you think the inability to do those sorts of things is going to make Loomis less Yolo-y? 
I don't understand. Is is can they not like have Zoom meetings with these? Well, they can, potential but potential draft players. Is a I mean, Zoom I mean, meeting know, the same as like in the room? Whether he's gonna. I, I, well, I don't know. Understand why you can't have a go to meeting, a Zoom meeting, whatever. You got a chalkboard where you are. You fucking write some diagrams on the play. He's watching it. I don't understand why all of this can't be done virtually. I mean, I'm being dead serious. Well, I mean, it the can, rest but of the world is having in the in in the face of this global pandemic. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Pandemic, the rest of this world is having to uh, adopt and and a new you know technologies you, and and change and you know get used to working from home and working virtually uh and the nfl should be no different in fact they should do be you think the world along, is as productive as it was and, two weeks ago i mean i, I speak for myself i mean i'm just saying no but i'm but I'm just saying, like, you know, people are now working from home. Lawyers are working from home. You're, you're, you know, Andrew's dad is probably working from home and doing meetings through Zoom or go to meeting <laughs> or whatever now, as opposed to maybe stuff that used to be face to face or yeah. like that funny tweet that was out. We're going to we're about to find out which meetings really could have just been emails. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I, I don't see why this has to stop the evaluation process of of uh, of of of. of draft picks i really don't so you guys are against me i think it's gonna it's gonna hold them down in this sense andrew i think they're gonna look at their board and they're gonna have less players that they're a hundred percent certain about where it used to be they'd be like hey these are our top hundred i think they may look at their board and be like look these 45 guys we are really certain about them their grades are really good. We got to get two of those dudes. And that could make them be extra YOLO instead of more passive. That's that's one theory that so. somebody... I, I, don't, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think they're going to second guess their usual process, which is they identify a guy. They trust their process so much that they know, hey, this guy is much better than everyone else thinks he is. And so let's trade up and go get him because the value is just too good for him to still be available at the spot. Uh, I think now they'll second guess that and they'll say to themselves, well, you know, we haven't had enough time with the guy. 
haven't had a chance to see him in person. Uh, we know Sean Payton, at least with quarterbacks, or probably with all offensive players, really values seeing them in person. I mean, he said that. I've heard him say in interviews, like it's just different when you're there and they're working out for you in person. And you get, he calls it uh, get, getting your, your, your eyes at field level. Um, and I, I do think that makes a difference. So I believe the saints will be more inclined to just stand pat and stay where they are and kind of let the draft come to them. And I mean, we'll see, you know, I guess it's possible. We'll still see some yeah. trade ups, but, uh, I think, you know, they're you, when you trade up, you better be right. Well, you here's- know, cause you're burning, you're burning assets to move up. You better be certain that the guy you're getting is worth two draft picks, three draft well, picks, whatever you're getting up to get them. And I just don't think the Saints are going to have that kind of confidence. Well, here's the thing, though, Dave. What if all the teams have less confidence in their board and the prices to move up are discounted? Would that affect Loomis? Would that be, like, too strong of a temptation to overcome? You know? Like, I know I'm not supposed to go out and, like, mingle with people, but if the liquor store was giving away free honey bourbon, like, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to help myself, and I might just say <laughs> fuck social distancing and just do it, right? So do you think if other teams are like, hey, it usually costs a third to move up eight spots in the in the first round, but this year we'll take a fourth? Like, do you think that would make Loomis get back to his old YOLO ways? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's possible. I, I don't know whether that's going to be the case. I, I, don't, I don't think that there's going to be a – uh, a deflation in value for draft picks, but uh, but if there were, uh, I could see Loomis doing it. He and he wouldn't be the only one, but uh, yeah, I guess that's possible. I mean, forgetting Mickey Loomis's psychology for a second and just talking practically, if you're if you operate in a YOLO way when doing your business, you would think that the coronavirus and putting all of our mortalities at the forefront of our minds would make you more YOLO than ever. So you're saying this is like, if the Rona doesn't initiate full YOLO, nothing will. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm suggesting. <laughs> uh, I know I'm kind of contradicting myself there, but you know, I, I will say this. I, I, I do think this is probably not great for the saints. Um, it's not great for everyone, so at least it's an even playing field in that sense. Uh, but, you know, if the Saints have a process that they love and that is better than a lot of other teams out there, then I do think maybe that levels the playing field in terms I ha- of I have to say, man, being able to draft. teams better have their Wi-Fi in order because everything's going to be remote. If you better get that, you might want to get that pick in like with a minute, minute two to spare because if your Wi-Fi is fucked – Clock could run out. The pick doesn't get in. We could have mayhem with this draft. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but no, I, I would think I would say this. Um, I'm glad they're not moving it back. All, all that being said, um, we need know, it. I, I, I don't love that it's a disadvantage for the Saints, uh, but it's kind of like free agency. You know, it's just yeah. I, I need some normalcy, and I'm just thrilled that the NFL is finding ways to maintain this stuff because without it, I just don't know what we would be talking about Dave, and what, you know. Do you like the idea that somebody floated where they do a round a night to stretch it out because we have no sports at all? 
They do what? Where they do they what? do a round a night, and it's a week long. Oh, oh, so it's a week long. Oh, yeah. Let's. I, I'd rather them do that because you know you get into these. Then that makes every round more interesting, and then you know every morning when you get up, you can check to see who's available, and you only have to worry about the thirty. Well, there's more than thirty-two picks as you get into the later rounds because teams have multiple picks or whatever. But like, uh, I'm all for stretching this bad boy out as uh, as long as we can. <laughs> Because I'm going to be done with Lion King and like by tomorrow, and then I don't know what the hell I'm going to start watching. Tiger King? Tiger Sorry, Tiger King. King. <laughs> Tiger. Like, no, no, no. I'm going to be watching Disney's animated movie, Lion King. <laughs> hey, exotic, uh, what's it? Joe Exotic in uh, animated form would be a sight to behold. <laughs> I got to say. We'll get, to, we'll get to Tiger King in a minute. We, but we got the other interesting piece of Saints news, Andrew, was Mickey Loomis went on the Saints. Uh, in-house podcast, and he said he was surprised that they were able to retain David Onyemata and Andres Pete. Like going into free agency, he didn't think that was going to be possible. Um, so, what what contract of Andres Pete or David Onyemata do you think he views as being below market value? Uh, well, I would probably say Onyemata between the two. Um, I, I would guess that he was probably a little surprised that Andres Pete didn't go day one. Um, uh, but you know, I, I, I heard that soundbite too. I wondered how much that comment was, uh, colored by the CBA. You know, in other words, had the CBA not passed, then I think Drew and Taysom probably would have taken up almost all the Saints cap and he wouldn't have been able to do Oh that's um, true I didn't think of that. The, the Jackrabbit deal, he wouldn't have been able to do some of those other deals like with Drew Brees uh where he uh, deferred some of the cap hit till you know subsequent years and and ghost years. So I just think I wonder if he was like yeah I didn't know if the CBA was going to pass or not. And so if had it not I would have not been able to resign any of my guys. Um, or at least maybe I would have kept one at best. Um, so I really do think the CBA went a long way towards helping out Loomis and the Saints keep right. both players. Somebody in the chat room asked, which team do you think has the worst Wi-Fi? My money's on the Bengals followed by the Redskins. <laughs> Somebody said the Bengals don't have – they have AOL. What team do you think would have had the worst Wi-Fi? Do you think I would think the Redskins have good Wi-Fi. I would think Snyder was is going to pay for it. Do you think I mean, Mike? I think Mike Brown might have the Bengals do their draft war room at Starbucks, so he doesn't have to pay for the Wi-Fi. Like, yeah, Bengals. A, I mean Raiders, possibly. <laughs> yeah, Raiders. Raiders oh, are tough. In Vegas now. Yeah, but Vegas is completely shut down, so you can't even like go to a casino and and and. and Get off the visitor Wi-Fi, Dave. Who do you think would have the worst Wi-Fi? Which team? Yeah. Uh, I feel like Seattle, the Seahawks, would have the best Wi-Fi. Um, and the worst, let's, the Browns. Let's let's, let's go ahead Browns. and just take a let's go ahead and just take a shot at the Falcons here. <laughs> it is three twenty-eight, <laughs> baby. How did you celebrate three twenty-eight day, Andrew? Uh, by, uh, pretending to boost my, uh, internet signal. <laughs> um, 
I didn't really do much, you know, just, uh, it's 328 was yesterday, right? I, I don't even have any idea what day it is. <laughs> I can't keep track of this anymore. It is. Just to make it 28 to three. Bryant knocks it through. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Which is, I just needed an excuse to play that. I know the date was wrong. Um, but, you know, I'm as you get into all this Sean Payton, this this play breakdown stuff, this is interesting stuff. It is. He's he's got he's he's literally got cabin fever. He's he's just he's, he's got just... like three plays on here. <laughs> well, and so okay, so this is interesting. So he says they use um, they use sandwich terms for their tight splits. So. <laughs> So in a play call, they might say JJ, which stands for Jimmy John's, or they'll say club, or they'll say stack, or they'll say Quiznos. And then he Quiznos. tags, and then he, and then he tags Quiznos and Jimmy John's in the tweet too. Which I, like. I thought Quiznos was bankrupt. <laughs> I didn't even think they were around anymore. <sighs> I love the Quiznos. No, they're uh, around. They tweeted honey bourbon seven hours ago. sandwich. It was good. Man. What would be what would be like a play call, Andrew? That if it if it had a fast food restaurant, you would know that it would be a failure. Like, hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> what's what's the uh, Italian place that Dave hates again? Olive Garden. Garden. You could, yeah, you could Olive Garden. <laughs> I feel like I Popeyes. Why. The Popeyes play call. It could be amazing or it could be terrible because with Popeyes, you never know what you're gonna get with your order because there's like a 50 yeah, 50 shot they get it right <laughs> so when they get it right it's good <laughs> it's amazing just i'm just, popeyes i'm just like just get me my biscuit and my mashed potatoes and gravy anything else i don't even care you don't have to get it right i can't believe you don't i can't believe, i still can't believe you don't get the red beans and rice i don't i don't like the red beans man uh, I'm, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably that's because you've never had Popeye's red beans. I've had it. I just like it's. I just don't like. You could give me the, literally the best red beans and rice on earth, and I would be like, "That's eh, Popeye's. It's all, right. it's all right." Well, then it's that's it. That's Popeye's. It's okay. I just like red beans and rice isn't my thing. It, it, man, if you think red beans and rice at Popeye's is the best that exists, Dave, you you haven't lived. It mm. is. I don't even like red beans and rice. What's but wrong like with you guys? It's a fact. Red Popeyes has the best red beans. Red and beans rice. and rice is awesome, and you have you not like, had good good ones. Obviously, you're probably one of those psychos that puts mustard on their red beans and rice. Hell no! What insane people do that? Yeah, what people, is what is that? Oh yeah, my father my father in law does that. Oh my god! That's a, that's a thing. That is that's disgusting. That is not that is not a thing. Is he from? It Lafayette? is a thing. Is, is he from Lafayette or some shit? No, he's from Jesus. Uh, he's from like uh, Araby or whatever. Jeez. By way of Texas, uh, yeah, people in the chat, let's hear out. Some, surely somebody in the chat knows somebody that puts mustard on their red that beans. That is disgusting. Right. That's, that's that's even more of an abomination than leaving your butter out. That is that is the that is the scat play of food. Mustard on your red beans and rice. I'm offended. I'm offended, and I don't even like red beans and rice. <laughs> So, I got a really serious Saints question last week from somebody uh, after the show ended, and I think we need to address it right now. Dave, which 
Saints defensive back historically would never, ever catch the Rona. Oh, that's that's funny because... (laughs) I thought about this question for like 45 minutes. Well, no, because when you originally gave us the show topics, you said just which Saints player in general... It could be Saints player in general. Would never, would never catch the Rona. Well, no, but my answer, I thought you were asking about current Saints player, and so my answer was going to be P.J. Williams, and he's a DB. So it's funny that we were all, you know, a DB was definitely going to be the answer uh, the answer for this question. So current Saints player, I would say uh, P.J. Williams. Yeah, it's See, too I was... bad A.J. Klein left because he was the king of dropped interceptions. Well, I was going to say, all, all time, I think Roman Harper had, had was yes was the no-catching mother, motherfucker of Fred, no Fred Thomas was exceptionally good at dropping interceptions. See, too. I was thinking Brandon Browner because not only would he not catch the Rona, he would think the Rona was a teammate and he would tackle it and defeat it. Uh, so that was my Brandon Browner. To Bucky Jones, did he drop a lot of interceptions, Andrew? I, I couldn't oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I thought that was a great question on, on which uh, he he would try to catch the virus. He would dive at it and then still find a way to miss it. <laughs> See, Jason <laughs> Champagne says he knows somebody that put mustard on white beans. Oh my god! Ugh. Jesus, man! It's like I feel <laughs> I feel like. But he says, I, but he said never red beans. Right? Never. He hasn't heard anybody that puts it on red beans. Right? They're out there. Josh, your father-in-law says, is is. Is one of one. I'm going to look this up right now. I'm going to Google mustard mm. on red beans and rice. Uh. Now, my grandmother did make a coleslaw with mustard, which I always found interesting. Yeah. It doesn't sound terrible, but it sounds weird and unorthodox, but not terrible. I thought... Yeah, I always thought it was pretty good. I thought potato salad with gumbo was weird until I did it, and it's amazing. Yeah, that's also unacceptable. <laughs> What I don't like about that is like, so you've got a hot bowl of gumbo, and usually the potato salad is at least lukewarm room temperature, if not colder. And then you drop it to your hot hot gumbo, and it's like putting an ice cube in your fucking gumbo. I'm I'm with you. That's weird. So um, here's here's a here's a thread on tiger droppings on the food and drink forum of tiger droppings. That said, I was just recently informed that this isn't a normal or even known thing. I learned it from my mom, who learned it from hers. Anyone else ever heard of it? This guy are, puts mustard. Are we talking about head. mustard? Oh, yeah. God. Are we still talking about this? Somebody <laughs> says I sometimes add a touch of vinegar or sour. The, the salt. fact, the I fact that the only salt. place you could find it online, Dave, was a, a tiger droppings. Probably from like <laughs> 2011. I mean, that, that says it all right there. Hmm. <laughs> Um, here, here's another, uh, pickle juice. <laughs> pickle juice. Here's another, uh, Rona question that I was thinking of, Andrew. People, it's a desperate time in America. It's dark times. People are ingesting all sorts of crazy things to avoid getting the Rona, cure the Rona, all that sort of, a man died in Arizona because he ate it's it's something that you use to clean fish tanks, but it's very close to some sort of drug that people think might help you ward off the Rona. He ingested a bunch of it and died. Uh, his wife seems really weird. I think she probably killed him with it, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I was thinking of like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever put into your body or on your body for any reason at all? 
Wait, we need to go back to that story. This sounds like another Carol Baskin situation. I was going to say. Did, well, we'll get, did his like, wife feed him to the fishes? That was a dead? perfect segue for Joe Exotic. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Exotic. Joe, I wish Joe Exotic was president right now. I'm not going to lie. Like, he's, ama- he's amazing. Um, he got the, 19% of the vote for governor in Kentucky, apparently. I mean, dude, the, the poor girl gets her arm ripped off by the tiger. The first thing he does is put on the EMT jacket made him look fucking amazing and he's walking around smoking a cigarette i mean like i am i was i was confused about why people were so into that show until me and my wife uh watched three three episodes of it last night my wife called uh joe exotic the white trashier brett michaels yeah i like that i i i kind of I called him a cross between Charles Manson and Dog the Bounty Hunter. Here's here's another thing with the Tiger King show, Dave. Maybe you could explain it to me. Why does one of Joe Exotic's husbands, why does he not like dental Just work? one of his husbands. And he doesn't have teeth and he doesn't wear a shirt during any of the interviews. Like, what is up with that? <laughs> Uh, well, first of all, you know, the lack of teeth, certainly that helps in, um, the answer is meth. sexual relations. (laughs) The answer is meth. Um, no, actually I I saw, um, uh, do we have, do we have a soundbite? Do we have that? I I don't, I don't don't want to spoiler alert here. I don't want to spoiler alert here, but at at the end you find out the guy isn't even gay. He, He just likes meth. (laughs) <laughs> just like meth and getting shit paid for him by his sugar daddy, tiger daddy. Uh, no, but actually, if you if you Google it, he's actually now he has like a full set of fake teeth. Um, he's gotten all of that fixed, and he admitted that um, he did do meth, but his teeth weren't messed up because of meth. They were just messed up because just poor oral hygiene, I think. But yeah. Uh, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, uh, Joe Exotic probably told him not to get his teeth fixed because he probably probably liked it in the bedroom. <laughs> Man, I feel like this is a middle of June episode of this show, <laughs> not a March episode. <laughs> We're talking about well, it feels feels like it's June five hundred and twenty seventh. <sighs> The quarantine hasn't slowed down our humor at all. We're still in peak. I mean, I, I, every episode, I would tell my wife, I would, I would say, we, we got to stop this. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I can't keep going. And she's like, no, 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 come on, let's do one more. Let's, let's, let's keep it going. And uh, I I ended up watching the whole thing in like three days. Uh, Of course you did. I don't know how you, I don't, three days? It took you three days? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Um. Well, oh, Ralph. So, what was your original question before we started? About What's the craziest thing you've ever ingested into your body or put on your body for any reason? <laughs> um, I can't say anything weird. I had a colonoscopy a few months ago, so I had to drink that. Liquid. Oh, that's. The, I've had to do one before too, and that's uh, awful. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I was asleep, so I don't know what they put in my butt, but whatever they put in my butt, that was probably the weirdest thing that's ever been inside my body. I would say. Ugh. No, I was thinking. <laughs> see, I was thinking for like weird circumstances. Like for me, I have one dark circle under my right eye that won't go away, and I have tried every fucking thing under the sun. I have used potatoes. I have used peanut butter. I have used a boiled egg to try to get rid of this one fucking dark circle, and it won't go away. That's what I was thinking of. Why are you putting these things on your eye? You think they're gonna? You think that's gonna make? Why would an egg make a dark circle go away? What do you? I don't know. I saw it on the internet, Dave. Hey, try an egg. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Was Try an egg. I did it. It didn't work. Have you tried cucumbers? I have tried cucumbers. They have not worked. Have you tried Joe Exotic's penis yet? <laughs> if it would get rid of this dark circle, I would put that, do it in a heartbeat. Put that, put that no questions have, asked. Have you, tried Joe, have you tried Joe Exotic's meth? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't have – I can't top 
they've i mean i've been uh i've been trying cbd a little bit lately because apparently it's good for inflammation i'm not sure it works really um so i don't know that's kind of weird i mean yeah i you know college i i put a lot of things in my body in college but i wouldn't say any of that was weird you weren't out for desperation cure. I'm the I'm the only one slathering peanut butter under one of my eyes. Should I get rid of the <laughs> yes, get rid of the yes, black? It's all right. <laughs> people 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 know I, I don't ha- we don't I don't have secrets on this podcast. Um but um before we get to questions that we have from people, um you know the NFL season to me as they move this these quarantine things further back you know now it's april now it's they're saying april 30th we're going to reevaluate everything everybody's going to have to stay quarantined in their house till april 30th and as we move it if as it gets stretched andrew a little further out a little further out i i worry more and more about the nfl season the epl is talking about they're going to send all of the english premier league teams to some remote location in Britain and they're going to house them all in like a dorm or something and they're going to play games in an empty stadium and finish out their season and the government is all for it to like help the people have a distraction and all. What sort of lengths do you think the NFL will go to in order to have a 2020 season if it comes to that? Yeah, man, that's insane. That just seems to me like if one dude gets the coronavirus, then they're all they're all exposed, you know. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like that, that doesn't seem like it would work, but um, I mean, it'd be interesting. It'd be like The Bachelor, you know, putting them on all, all on some remote island together and just ha- finding a football field where you don't need any fans, right? So you could just do it on a field. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. Man. Well, they gotta have TV. Uh-huh. Like the NFL, they gotta. That's where they make their money, right, Dave? So they gotta have TV. But do you? They gotta have TV. So, Dave, do you think they would? I think they'll bump it. If need be, they'll bump it back. But I'm just wondering how much of lengths will they go? Will they bump it back and have empty stadiums? You know. Because I think they're going to want to desperately have it, and people are going to want to des- have it just for normalcy. Because if, if we get to the fall and we don't have football, man, America's just – I don't think we'll riot. It'll just be like mass sadness and, and horribleness. Um, but I mean, if we're still dealing with this in September oof. and quarantined, I, I, I don't even well, I don't know necessarily I mean, think – I, see, I don't think, I think necessarily that's why, be... That's why I think it's going to be okay. I, I mean, you I mean, know, we're talking say, six months from now. Yeah, I mean, let's say, you know, let's say this go. I, I would like to think by June 1st that we're going to be able to resume to normal life. And if that's the case, you can still have your, yeah. you know, one or some uh, of your mini camps. You can obviously have training camp. Uh, I think that's grossly optimistic, Dave. Well, but they could like, if they kind of start like, e- it's like, Right, like in June, we'll like ease ourselves back into the pool, right? Like it'll be all right. We, maybe you can start going back to work some places, and you can start doing a little stuff. So if they could, if they can start getting back to normal in June, maybe June, July, August, September, then you have like four months. Maybe it starts a little later. I'm just thinking, Dave, like 
the thing to me that makes me worry about them having a season is is if the whole country isn't back, how do you have a season if like Texas is okay, but New York and New Orleans is not and California is not like how do you do the schedule? Do you say, "Oh, sorry Giants, New York is a mess. You need to fly into a state that is open for business and have you have practice there and have games there sort of Katrina style like the Saints in 05. Yeah, my dad just posted in the uh, chat, by the way. I mean, if if the coronavirus could wipe out preseason this coming year, that might be the biggest favor it gives to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the, you uh, know what would be you know what would be amazing Andrew if it if it wiped out preseason and it becomes clear as day that preseason games are the total waste of time we always knew they were and the NFL was have was able to not have preseason games and have a f- fantastic 2020 season they could never go they could maybe they could never bring back preseason because people would be like you didn't have it when we had the Rona and everything was fucking fine. Get the fuck out of here with this preseason game nonsense. That would be that would be amazing. <laughs> trying to find I the pot. Trying to find the positives, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. is there anything in your life that the Rona has made better, Dave? Uh, you know, I mean, for better or for worse, it's nice to get to spend a bunch of time with my kids i mean obviously we're all driving each other crazy uh being cooped up in here yeah let's be honest it's mostly for worse um (laughs) but uh there have been a few things like i I guess people have had time at home so my mother emailed me a few old pictures that um my uncle had found i posted one on facebook today it was my grandfather in front of his uh, store in Queens in like 1938, uh, which I thought was that was super cool. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think people are, you know, New Orleans kind of has a not not anywhere near the same level, but um, uh, it's got kind of that everybody's being nice to each other. You know, that post Katrina, uh, you know, vibe where everybody feels like you know we're in this together and we're helping each other out and. You know, maybe you're being nicer to somebody or you're tipping bigger or something like that. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of nice, too. Oh, oh no, by the way, Nick Underhill is do is raising money to give people that need groceries delivered to them, whether they're older or shut ins or that. He's raising money to do that. You can find it on his Twitter. Uh, If you can support it, you can't. You should. Saints Happy Hour. We donated. Uh, a couple hundred bucks to it. It's a worthy cars. I think Nick's up to like 15 or 20 deliveries for people. If you can support it, you should do it. Um, and by the way, you should support the podcast too. Do the $10 by April 1st and you get full access to every daily show and you get the crew to taste some cup. Uh, there's 90 of you people that do that. You can get the crew to taste some cup. You want to get on that April 1st. Do it. Uh, so... That's a good thing. The one thing that the one of the one positive for me is it has got me back to cooking and baking. And I baked biscuits today. I made cookie dough balls. I made meatloaf. Like I am a 
cooking fanatic because I have nothing fucking else to do. ESPN, Andrew, do you know they put on wrestling, college fucking wrestling from 2013 today? It was on ESPN. Who, who, who wants to watch that? I don't know. Like, like, was there something special about the 2013 I, college wrestling? No, there's nothing. They need to play old <laughs> NBA games, old NFL games. Come on, ESPN, get with the goddamn program already and give us just turn it into classic ESPN all the time. No one wants to watch college wrestling from 2013. Speaking of that, Andrew, is there is there any classic sports event that you would want ESPN to put on that would get your attention? Besides like a Saints a certain Saints game, which the NFL network had the Saints Super Bowl. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's just like prisoner of the moment or or whatever, but I I don't like watching stuff that's already happened. I mean, I I'll watch it occasionally, but I get the thrill of the moment. I, I like watching live sports. I don't even like watching re- like recorded stuff from earlier in the day. Like if I have an event and I make it back for the second half, I don't want to shut off my phone and, and shut out the world and tell everyone like, don't text me. Don't tell me what's happened. Like, I can't handle it. Like if it's already happened, I need to know what's happened and I need to watch it in real time. I, I don't know. I have like a mental block against this. I don't, this I, is a great question. Maybe from, I, may, I may I may need to change the way I subscribe to this. I don't know. This is a good question from uh, Alfredo. Dave, if the if the NFL had to play in front of empty fans in 2020, how would it how would it affect your enjoyment of the games? Well, first of all, I'd like you to define empty fan. What is an empty fan? <laughs> empty stadium. <laughs> an, an empty fan is a Falcons fan because they have no soul. <laughs> um, I don't know if it would change it that much. It might be a little weird to start with. Uh, I think it's something you'd get used to. Um, but I don't, I mean, when, you know, when I'm watching a football game, I'm watching what's happening on the field. I'm not really. What does it matter if there's people in the stands? I, I think it would be weird if there was no crowd noise. I would, I'd like them to like add <laughs> crowd noise in if they could. I guess. Although I guess maybe that would be weird if you're looking at a stadium that has empty seats. I, I don't know. I don't know. But they, I would. I Andrew, would rather them think... have a season and do it in an empty stadium than not have a season at all. Andrew, do you think the NFL, if they, they had, if they had to do an empty stadium, do you think they would digitize the crowd in? <laughs> <laughs> Except for Falcons, uh, that, would be, that would be that would be very Atlanta Falcons-y of them. Like they add in the bird chirping noises at the Masters on ABC or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it would be if they have an empty stadium. I think it'll be really, really weird. You'll get used to it eventually, Dave. If they have to do it the whole year, but I'm telling you, that first month it'll be weird because the players sort of feed off the crowd if it's a road game, a home game, whatever, are they still going to gonna prance and pre, you know, and celebrate and flex after big plays? It's just going to be it's just going to be it's just going to be weird and hopefully it doesn't come to that. But I think it'll be I think it'll be the strangest sports experience of our life. Andrew's dad said Zoom attendance. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said they're having professional lumberjacking on ESPN today. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, 
All right, there we go. Wait, no, Andrew's Andrew's dad is onto something. Okay, so the Saints they buy seventy thousand cameras, GoPros or whatever. You attach it to all of the seats in the stadium, and then whatever season ticket you know, so then you can log in and you can see the game from your seat, from the camera that's attached to your seat. It's an interesting idea, but it's it's only interesting. You know, like if, if you pick if you pick one team as the home team, like it'd be interesting to see a scenario where they force the road team to wear headphones inside their helmet, and you basically can bid on being inside that guy's helmet, like in his earpiece, and you can just say whatever you want to him while the play is going on. <laughs> That's a horrible idea because you have the most you know, like vile. That? The most vile, horrible fans would bid the most. <laughs> I would bid $100,000 to be able to make sure Matt Ryan could hear every word I said for three hours. And I would just say the most unspeakably horrible things to him for three hours. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah, I would be. An, it's it's delightful. It's also terrible. Like you, you could I probably just keep get... whispering 28 to 3. <laughs> I mean, you could probably get like 10,000 seats out of one person if you offer that. Probably. <laughs> so somebody, uh, we forgot to talk about two more things before we get out of here. Um, first of all, the Saints kind of sort of moved the ticket, the, the payment for tickets back, um, which for a lot of people – like my mom and maybe you, Dave. It was critical. Like that 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 deadline was like looming, and like this hit where like a month ago you were like, ah, oh, it's the deadline for the tickets. It's fine, and now it's super critical. Um, I wish they'd have been, Dave. I wish they'd have been more sort of public about it. They sort of were like, you know, my mom. They were like, hey, if you call us. And you just sort of need a little time, like my mom did. I wish they'd have been more public and been more sort of out front and generous with the fans because I know a lot of people are probably having a hard time making that payment. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I did the same thing that your mother did. And I called them. And, of course, once you call them and you ask them, they're fine with it. But And, again, like you, I was a little, uh, I guess, disappointed or whatever. I would have thought they would have just come out and said, look – that we're just going to push it back. Don't worry about it. But, you know, we talked about it last week. I get it. They're, they're a business. They're, they're going to try and get as much money as they can. And so I'm sure they were just hoping for anybody, any, any of the fans that could still pay for their season tickets to get that money um, and not give everybody a reason to be able to, uh, to not pay right now. Hey, they got to uh, pay this uh, Emmanuel Sanders contract, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a cash flow thing. I mean, I totally get it. Uh, you know, you run your business yeah. and you're expecting, uh, you know, at the end of March, you're expecting to get this huge influx of money from season ticket deposits and all of a sudden it goes away. But at the same time, uh, that's that's the problem that uh, all of us are facing that own small businesses like myself and like Andrew. Uh, you know, we all got screwed on this and we're all hurting. Um, but uh, yeah, but these, so, yeah, they told these, me... go these ghost Teddy Bridgewater years aren't going to pay themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they pushed me back to. Made like this Friday, I think, the early April. And then I think they said if you still have a problem, call us back again and we'll talk about it again. So I think they'll they'll let you push it back as, as far as you can or as you know, even further if you need it. But my thing is like 
this isn't getting better anytime soon. Like people's financial states are only going to be worse in May. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like it's going to be it. It. it I think it's going to be kind of horrible when April first hits because even the say whatever you want about whatever the government has done the the twelve hundred dollar check if you're married you get twenty four plus you know a little free five hundred for each child that may help you in three weeks or four weeks so that may help you for may but that's only like a one-time thing like if this goes into the summer it's gonna get it's gonna get worse i think i think you're probably right andrew it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting i think for places like new orleans new york who has two teams um california uh you know la the Chargers, they might not have any season ticket holders at all. Like, I mean, they were having massive troubles before this coronavirus hit. I know somebody that works for the Chargers, and he told me in February they had less than 9,000 season tickets sold for 2020. I, Andrew, I can't imagine that's gone that much higher lately. And, and and yet they're still gonna roll with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if if there's a team that needs to go get Cam Newton, based on what you just said, it's, it's them. them. They can have him. They can have him. They can have him Skype uh, his Superman pose uh, to sell tickets. Uh, final topic, and then we'll get out of here. Dave um, OutkickTheCoverage.com had a story that ESPN reportedly has offered Drew Brees the Monday night football booth analyst gig when he retires, which I guess they figured maybe will be after this year. Um, first question is, man, that sucks for the, the the people that are there, Booger and the Joe Testator. I, mean, I guess not Joe Testator, but Booger, is he's doing color now. But second question, more importantly, how do you think he's going to – how do you think he would do – as the Monday Night Football uh, analyst? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, he just doesn't seem to me t- to, to be that kind of guy. I, I know people love Drew, but I don't really I don't really find him to be a charming guy. I mean, I, I know people like him because he does good things, and he's in general, he's just a nice guy. But I don't think there's anything particularly charming about him. Uh, obviously, he knows really? the game. Yeah, really. I don't. I, I. No, I don't think he's charming. No, I, I think Drew's pretty well spoken and likable, and that's different than being charming. Somebody who's charming, like, really pulls you in. You know, really m- makes you feel like you're their best friend, and you want to just hang out with them all the time. I mean, yeah, Drew's likable, but I, I don't. Well, I that's don't the thing. This is Drew's just- going to work at it. I think. You know, me and Andrew were sort of debating this back and forth on Twitter earlier today. I agree with you, Andrew. I think Drew will work at it, and he will make himself good. But the thing is, to be like a great, well-known, sort of iconic announcer, you have to be like Madden or Romo or Don Meredith uh, way back when. I think the the Drew Brees is probably going to end up being like Bill Cower or Tony Gonzalez, where he'll be fine, he'll be okay, but he's not going to be saying really interesting or controversial things or you know 
the thing that Tony Romo does where he can diagnose the play and tell you what's going to happen, to be able to do that in a, in 10-second windows is really difficult, and he does it well, with Well, Breeze will be able to do that. You so that's my he, thing. So, so okay, so look, throughout the short history of television broadcasting for the NFL, it's been a natural transition for quarterbacks to go into the booth. Boomer Esiason, Phil Simms, Tony Romo now. Uh, I'm sure I'm... Uh, uh, what Dan Deardoff was he? Uh, I mean, uh, what's his face? Dan uh, Fouts. We used to be with uh, the guy who used to be on Monday Night Football with uh, the comedian guy. Uh, oh, Dan Fouts. Dan anyway. Fouts. The guy was in. He was in Waterboy. Fouts. Fouts. Yeah, yeah. yeah Fouts. Um, it's not unheard of for a quarterback to retire. You know, a popular quarterback to retire and go to the booth. And I, I think you guys are right. I think I think where Drew Brees' strength would be would be to diagnose a play and break it down like Tony and say, oh, look, he's going to be, you know, because that's what everybody loves about Tony. Right before the snap, he says, this is going to be a pass to to this guy over here. And sure enough, that's exactly what it is. And that's why people love Romo. That's why I love Romo. And I think Drew could definitely do that. But you've got to combine that. You've got to combine that, though, with uh, with with talking about the players on the field and you've got to do your research and history of the players and you've got to add in those little facts and and all that kind of stuff and i don't know if drew has that yet and like you guys said obviously yes when drew does something he does it to the max 110 percent uh and he would be good at it but it's it's just this is obviously this offer to drew Brees is obviously tony romo has changed the game and now everybody because tony romo they want the next romo everybody is looking for the next romo and Let's face it, all those guys, all those quarterbacks I just mentioned that were in the booth, none of them are as good as Tony Romo. Tony Romo is, is a once-in-a-lifetime. He just he was made for this. He he's, he's just naturally talented at this. And some of that, it, it's just like playing a, a sport. You can't teach it. You know, some Here. guy could go out there and practice twice as hard as Drew Brees, but Brees is still going to be better because he's naturally gifted. And I think Tony Romo happens to be the one quarterback who's naturally gifted at making that switch over to being in the booth. And he's done a better job of it than any quarterback that's ever converted and and gone to the broadcasting booth. And I don't think that you can just just make an offer to any quarterback and hope that and think think that that's going to happen. Andrew, do you yeah, think I do you mean, think Drew Brees will he be Tony stuff, Romo or will he be Troy Aikman? I just want to point out that Dave went on a similar rant about Zach Streif and was disbelieving of how good he was going to be in that role. And I knew Zach would be awesome at it because Zach is a great storyteller. And if you watch his presser, his retirement presser, and how he had the crowd in the palm of his hand, and it was hilarious. And I I knew immediately he's going to be a great play-by-play guy. And I feel like... He's come a really long way. He's improved a lot, and he's really good at that now. So I think it's a similar thing. Now, I don't think Breeze has like that affable and just storytelling ability maybe that Streif has. Um, and that's where he may be a little bit less relatable. I feel like Drew Breeze is a little robotic, and I think this is what Dave is getting at. He's a little robotic in what he says, and I, I, I think that – that's the big qu- the big question that I have with Drew is, is he going to be able to let his hair down in this role? I think he feels like he's such a spokesperson for New Orleans, for the organization, for, you know, he, he always wants to put on this, this face and this persona at all times. Um, and he's, and he's very robotic. And I, I do think 
or it feels that way. And I, I think what you're getting at, Dave, and I agree with this is, is he going to be able to let his hair down and kind of just be a little bit more off the cuff? You know, I well, think he will he will come off sounding maybe over-prepared. Well, you know point. what? The, the one point. thing that sort of changes my mind and swings me to your thing, Andrew, and I just thought of it, he was on the Dan Levitard show. And anybody that listens to... Breeze? Yeah, he was. And anybody that listens to the Dan Levitard show, that you know that, by the way, if you were looking to have a lighter mood and listen to them now, they're completely off the wall, insane now that they're going through coronavirus and stuff because they're a sports show but they don't really want to talk about sports they don't care about the best player in the list and breaking it down they just don't care they had breeze on and i was like oh man bruise is you know like you said he's stiff he's kind of buttoned up like is this gonna go well and he went on lebitard and he told the story about when he was on with bear griles and the alligator and he he told jokes and you know and you you could tell that like you know somebody said drew you're going on the lebitard show this is what the Levitard show does. And he wasn't like cracking jokes and totally wild loose, but he was much more sort of in their tone and sort of what their show is. He went along with the flow. And that to me, remembering that shows shows me that, yeah, he knows sort of what he has to do. So I'm sort of with you, Andrew. I think, I think he'll be more interesting because that's what's required of that to be great like you can't just be a you know you can be bill cower but has bill cower or troy aikman can you remember one interesting thing troy aikman has ever fucking said on a broadcast i cannot no no you know yeah i forgot to i can't believe i even forgot aikman on my list of quarterbacks <laughs> that went to the broadcast booth uh, the, the problem is is I, I i agree with everything you guys said drew Brees is he's like a politician he he every everything he says is thought out and meant to be inoffensive um and that's fine and yes he would need to loosen up if he's going to be in the booth and be good and be somebody that people want to listen to but i got news for you i think even if he loosens up i don't think he's that interesting of a guy mm, sorry i don't know i just don't maybe i will say this him giving 20 percent of his salary five million dollars to the state of louisiana was awesome and if you saw him interview with hoda copy where it looked like he was laying down in his bed uh with the cell phone, it was a ama- it was a, an amazing interview, and he actually made Hoda Kotb cry, and she could barely she couldn't compose herself. And the other woman that does the show with her had to take over and like go pitch it to break, which was amazing. Um, so that I guess wraps up this show, guys. Uh, we'll be keep doing the draft. The, the NFL says. They're having the draft, so we'll be here. We'll do the Daily Show. Me and Andrew will keep knocking it out. Andrew, should we tell the people the guests that you hounded and and uh, stalked until they agreed to come on the show? Should we no, tell them? No, the- don't do that yet, because uh, you know I don't. I don't want it to backfire. I don't want it to backfire. I don't want to jinx it. But but keep. Let it be a surprise. It's Joe but, Exotic. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted <laughs> from jail. From jail. <laughs> hey, well, I'll I'll pay for the call. Joe, if you get this podcast in the Florida Corrections Facility, wherever you are. But keep keep in tune to the podcast this week. We have some big surprises for you, 
hopefully. Thanks to everybody that supports the show. We appreciate you. Uh, if you're not supporting the show and aren't a patron, you should be at the $10 level so you can have the show because we deliver it every freaking day. And now that you're all cooped up on our house at least till April 30th, you're going to need more stuff to do to listen to, and that's where we come in. We deliver you the deliver you this show every single day. Guys, thanks for joining us. Kevin, we're thinking about you. We're praying for your dad. Guys, until next week, the bar is closed.